Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. Welcome to that Disneyland Paris podcast. I am Nick, and um, I'm on my own. Just uh, just for a change, I'm on my own. P-dubs wasn't feeling up to it tonight, and Craig couldn't be asked. And I'll let you into a little secret. So, for a long time, it's been suspected that I might be autistic, and so I got tested at the end of last year, and uh, I am autistic, and I, I also have ADHD, which answers so many questions about how I function, um, and how I feel about things, and how I do things, and one thing that I really struggle with is when routine gets disrupted, which is what's happened now. Because Craig wanted to record this episode today, and then didn't. And so, normally, that would really annoy me, and I'd get into a bit of a funk. And I thought, you know you know what? I'm just going to record the episode by myself, and just see what happens. So, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to record this episode, and it's either going to be listenable... Or it's going to be a waste of everyone's time. But you're going to have to listen to find out. Um, on that note, next month we are arranging um, a guest to come on. Uh, Darren, one of our listeners. We met him uh, in November when we was at the parks. And he's going to be doing a trip report because he's just going to be um, coming back, hopefully, when we record um, from a trip to Disneyland Paris, but also he drives every time he goes, he drives. So it's something that we have touched on on this podcast before when we've done episodes about, you know, ways of getting to Disneyland Paris. But um, I none of us have actually driven it. I've been in a car on that journey, so I know what it's like. But we thought it'd be really good to actually have, uh, you know, somebody on that you know has done this frequently and can kind of give you some real you know, details, tips, tricks uh, about driving to Disneyland Paris. So that is what will be coming up in February, but that's a month away. So in the meantime, there's been quite a lot of news that has come up of late, and I'm going to do my best to go through that for you and give some opinions. It's going to be one-sided opinions, because it's only going to be me. So, sorry. But of course, I mean, I'd love to hear yours. Now, this is a podcast, so, you know, no matter how loud you shout, I'm not going to hear you when you listen to this in your car, on your commute, on your walk 
to a cinema or supermarket, or maybe that's just me listening to podcasts, I don't know. Um, but, you know, you can get in touch in various ways. We've got an email address, uh, which is discoverdlppod at gmail.com, I believe. Um, the link is, of course, in the show notes, or you can message us on a Facebook group, um, or if you're one of our lovely Patreons, you can drop me a message there as well. Um, so that's the housekeeping bit out of the way. Um, there's so much news to cover off. I'm not sure where to start. Let me let me decide. I think I'll start with the news about the first annual pass party of the year. Now, towards the uh, the, the lead up to the world ending for quite a while. Uh, in 2020, there had been numerous annual pass holder parties. Now, just in case you're a new listener or you somehow not heard of these before, what these are is they are ticketed events which happen, they were happening pretty much quarterly um, up until the start of the pandemic and then they obviously went away. Um, And they usually had a theme to them as well so the first one i went to was for uh, mickey's 90th birthday and the next one i went to was uh, princess and pirates which was uh, a theme that they had run during a daytime uh, in the parks with um, some parades and made a whole night of it so the the only way you can go is if you're an annual pass holder so the only people that can buy tickets are those at the top two tiers um so the most expensive uh, annual passes that you can buy you go into a portal when the tickets go on sale and then you can purchase those and then you can go to the annual pass party so the one for or the first one of of 2022 and the first one of the post-pandemic era Um, is called Disneyland Park Adventures. Now, that was one of the ones that we were supposed to get in 2020. In fact, I think it may have been the one due in March um, of that year. Um, And obviously the the parks closed just before that happened. Um, What's been interesting with these parties previously is that they some of the some of the benefits of going to these annual pass parties other than the fact that obviously less people there because it was a a hard ticket event um, the only people that could buy them were annual pass holders um or they could buy i think it was up to two guests they could bring in as well with tickets um but as well as that, so as well as it being obviously a lot quieter, so ride queue times were much shorter, um, you'd often get meet and greets with characters that you wouldn't normally get in the parks, um, you know, during regular park hours. So they would wheel out some of the uh, the big guns. So uh, you'd get characters like Baymax, you'd get uh, characters from the Emperor's New Groove, you would get uh, Oswald. Uh, characters like that Um, and obviously depending on the theme would depend on some of those characters as well so uh, princess and pirate themed you know obviously uh, was focused heavily on on pirate themed characters like captain jack and and peter pan and captain hook and smee and 
uh, and things like that. So the tickets went on sale on the 18th of January. I I don't have an annual pass. We've talked about it on uh, previous episodes. I did almost buy an annual pass when I was last out there, uh, but I chose not to in the end. Um, and that's fine. I, I was happy with that decision, but it does mean that I can't go to these uh, these events this year if I wanted to. But to be completely honest, they are so hard to get tickets for because the booking system just constantly goes down. Like on the 18th, um, when tickets went on sale, I think it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, something like that. People were just complaining in Facebook groups on social media that they had tickets and they tried to check out and then the tickets got uh, removed from their basket because it sold out and then some went back on available and then people were able to and on the website crashed it was just uh, an absolute mess and you would you would think that after doing a few of these they would get a better system or figure out a better way of doing it but but no so a, a constantly aggravating thing with these annual pass holder parties is that even with an annual pass you're not actually guaranteed to be able to buy tickets for the damn event because of the issues i've just mentioned um in the uh the press release slash advertisement for the event um they put out uh you know kind of like a mission statement of the event um an immersive soiree uh, get ready to experience Disneyland Park like never before during an epic scavenger hunt where you'll collect clues from attractions, landmarks, and even Disney characters with research tasks, observation tests, and surprise encounters. Each adventure promises to take you to the heart of the five lands. And that's not all. This is your chance to discover new adaptions of beloved shows from previous parties and seasons from the Jungle Book Jive to the Festival of Pirates and Princesses play your part by coming in your best costume so that's another thing as well because of the nature of the event uh people do can dress up so uh for pirates and princesses there were people dressed up as pirates and princesses for example um so yeah so i mean it it sounds good but what is interesting um with this party is that they they've announced that there's not going to be meet and greets so they mentioned that you'll uh, encounter characters, and you will, um, but they they won't be doing the usual kind of meet and greets that one might expect. Um, they did this for the, the New Year's Eve party uh, last year as well, or this year, depending on which side of midnight you was on. Um, so they, they brought out quite a few unusual characters, but not ones that you can actually do meet and greets with. So it's interesting because... With the the previous parties, there was people would queue up for hours to meet certain characters. the The last part, uh, yeah, the, the the pirate and princess party. Um, we were there with someone disabled who was able to get a return slot for meet and greet, and I think it was for. Flynn and Rapunzel, and was it Belle and Beast as well? Can't remember now. But people were were literally queuing two hours to meet those characters, um, you know, just in a standard queue. 
which means that you're missing out on some of the other things that they're doing. And normally with these, I mean, the, the Pirates and Princes, they, they brought that parade out, especially for that evening. It had uh, previously uh, been retired when that season had finished in the parks. So this was a chance to see it a final time. Uh, they normally put on, you know, a, a big fireworks show. Uh, there might be other parades or other, you know, entertainment for the night that's that's on. If you're queuing up for characters, you you're going to miss out. You you make a choice about what you're going to do with your time in the park that night. Are you going to spend it going on rides that you didn't have time to go on during the day because the queues are shorter? Are you going to spend it making sure you've got a good spot for the fireworks or the parade that's going on at a certain time, or? Do you go and meet the characters that you really want to meet? And and everyone's got different things that they like to do um, with with events like this. So it's yeah, it's taking that away will make it easier for people to organise their time. I I get that, but there will be people that be disappointed by that because they go to these events to meet those those rare characters. You know, there there are people who you know, make a big fuss about meeting rare characters, trying to meet as many uh, characters as possible. So if they're not, if that's not going to be an option for that night, it's going to change how you feel about it. So yeah, I I get it, but I don't know. I feel mixed. I feel mixed about it um, myself, but I won't be going. So it's okay. (laughs) And I hope if you wanted to go and you can go, that you was able to get tickets. And you know, I'm sorry if you wanted to and you couldn't get tickets. Um, hopefully, I always say this about Disneyland Paris, but you know, I do want them to learn from their mistakes. Hopefully, when the next time uh, an AP event is announced, which I guess now will probably be late spring, early summer that uh, they've organised the ticketing a bit better than I have done uh, now. Um, in other big news, I mean, it was a... When this news broke a couple of weeks ago, it came hot off the heels of Disney making announcements for parks around the world, which we've, dis- we've discussed on the, uh, the main uh, Disneyland Parks podcast show uh, that we did. Um, but Paris was no exception. They also got some announcements as well. Some were definitely more surprising, um, I think, uh, than others. Um, so we got the we got the date that uh, the thirtieth anniversary celebrations will be ending, uh, which is the end of September. Which is not much of a surprise because usually these uh, anniversaries run for about eighteen months, so that's not a big shock. Um, and this is also Disney's 100th year. So that's another thing that's, uh, you know, impo- important uh, historically for the company. Uh, we'll talk more about the Disney 100 bit later on. Um, but I did make some announcements about what they're going to be doing on the lead up to the end of the 30th anniversary celebration. And this, some of these announcements made me gutted that I probably will not be going to see any of this stuff. I say probably because the one thing about Disneyland Paris compared to Disney World or Disneyland doing stuff is that it's not that hard for me to get to. 
it's not that expensive for me to get to in the grand scheme of things. So who knows? I might try and plan a cheeky few days away to Disneyland Paris before the season ends after all. I don't know. But I will say that these announcements definitely got me interested. So the first one, and the one that I think was probably music to most Disneyland Paris fans' ears, was the return, the announcement of the return of Disney Dreams. Now, the the weird thing about any of the the nighttime entertainment shows that you get in any of the parks, and again, we were talking about the ones over at Epcot on the main Disneyland uh, Parks show just recently, is that they, they had a long-running show called Illuminations, which people absolutely adored, and it ran for about oh, 15, almost 20 years, I think, something around that. Uh, and when it was announced to be going, people were very upset because you know they'd, they'd got used to it and they'd seen it so many times and they could relate it to you know children's first trips or you know last trips with elderly family members you know these these nighttime spectaculars do mean a lot of things to a lot of people and disney dreams was was one that i instantly fell in love with it was the first time they had done projection mapping on a disney castle we've since seen it in Magic Kingdom, um, over in uh, in Orlando, in Disney World, um, but this was the first time they did it, and I mean, really, the, the the Happily Ever After fireworks show they did there was kind of very heavily influenced by Disney Dreams, and Disney Dreams was the show that they had uh, created for the twentieth anniversary uh, of Disneyland Paris, which was one of the real big celebrations that they they had and I, I you know I love it I think it's such a great show um and it was the last the last soiree I went to was that Pirates and Princesses I'll get myself I think it was but they they had Disney Dreams come back as a one-off performance and it was so good to see it a final time because I, I didn't think I'd see it again. And the people that saw Disney Dreams loved Disney Dreams, but there's also people that saw its replacement, also confusingly called Illuminations. A very similar show in terms of its style, in you know, projection mapping mixed with, with fireworks. The big difference between the two shows from, for me was that Illuminations felt very much like a an advertisement for Disney properties. Disney Dreams had a story that ran through it. It was about um, Peter Pan's shadow kind of running amok um, and messing things up, and you know, getting involved with all these other Disney characters. And it it just had a story. Illuminations didn't really do that. It just seemed to be a collection of here's a bit of Star Wars, here's a bit from the new live action Beauty and the Beast film we've just released at at the time that it debuted. Um, it just didn't seem to have the heart or the quality that that Dreams did. Um, so I was always quite sour on it. It's not that I didn't want change. It's that Disney Dreams has set such a high bar that 
illuminations just, just didn't reach for me. But there are people that haven't seen Disney Dreams. You know, their first trip to, to Disney may have been after Dreams had finished. Illuminations had started. So, so, so their um, emotional response to Illuminations will be different to mine. Because that was their first show. So I, I, I get how these things leave uh, impressions on, on people. And I'm recording it's just after Splash Mountain uh, closed for the final time at Magic Kingdom. And <laughs> social media for that has been an absolute mess in, in terms of you know people being very pro it and very against its closure. Um, and emotions running wild, so I get it. But this announcement you know, was a real kind of shock to me that they were doing it, but also something I was really glad um, to see. So uh, it will be debuting on April 12th, 2023. That will be, fact fans, the 31st anniversary of Disneyland Paris, uh, or Euro Disney as it was back then. Um, so interesting that they've picked that date. They obviously are suspecting people will be there for that. I don't know, people, people always go for the big anniversaries, but I don't know how popular the the in-between years are of the of the anniversary years on the anniversary you know on the on the birthday but uh anyway that's when they're doing it um it will be uh enhanced by the the new led towers that were recently installed on the castle and new laser video projectors um yeah that's that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> in terms of a press release um obviously um we, we saw the led turrets uh just installed recently after the refurb so that's i'm not sure how they're going to be implemented but it suggests that they are um interesting that they've upgraded the projectors as well i'm hoping that means that the film has also been uh modified to take advantage of that i i don't know what, i mean it never looked bad to me but i don't know if that was um you know, mastered in, in 4K or 8K or anything like that. So I'm hoping that, um, that you know, if they've got new projectors, it will show up because I saw when we went at Christmas, they were doing uh, Disney Dreams at Christmas. Different show, by the way, Disney Dreams at Christmas uh, from Disney Dreams itself. It was a seasonal offering, but the entire story um, of the show is completely different. It's heavily influenced by Frozen and it is very subpar in comparison to what Disney Dreams was. I was I was surprised. It was the first time I'd seen it. I was surprised at how how different it was and, and how it had missed the appeal of Disney Dreams for me. Um so that but that didn't look great. It didn't look great. It didn't look terrible, but yeah, it, it didn't look great. So I'm hoping that they've remastered if if that's what they're doing. Um it wasn't the only nighttime offering that they'd announced, though, because also coming, but over at Walt Disney Studios Park, is Avengers Power the Night. Now, this is a drone slash projection show that's going to be happening on the Tower of Terror exterior. This is something that they've used over the years. We saw it at uh, Christmas being used, I don't know, uh, three or four years ago for Goofy's 
I don't want to say it was called Goofy's Christmas Party, but it was something like that. It was Goofy-based. Um, and they used that as the, the backdrop to project onto, and it works pretty well, actually. And we've seen other stuff. Seasons of the Force, which is the Star Wars uh, season, did very similar stuff. Um, so it's no surprise because there's no big icon really in the park other than the Tower of Terror um, for them to use. It makes no, it's no surprise that they're doing that there. Um, obviously, it would have made more sense to have done it in Avengers Campus, but there just isn't somewhere for them to do it. So more on Avengers Campus coming up as well, actually. Um just some concept art so far. There was a little video that they put out on the official YouTube channel. It seems to be a combination of the the drone show that we saw at the opening press night of Avengers Campus mixed with projections onto the building, which we didn't get during that. So if you... The video's out there, again, on the official Disneyland Paris YouTube channel. They released the footage of the the press night. Um, the the drone show was very good. The drones make up the icons and logos of various Marvel characters from the MCU. Um, really well done. Very impressed with it when I saw it. Um, but that's going to take this to um, we'll take that to the next level uh, with lights, projections, and more. Um, the photos here there's a there's a captain america with the with captain america shield in the sky there's the um source of supreme old uh, doctor strange with a mystic i don't know ring wormhole i'm not sure what he calls those um but next to him there's also and this is interesting an image of the hulk with the uh the tower of terror with some damage behind it, uh, bright green, and uh, you can see some fireworks in the background, uh, and also Iron Man, which uh, looks like they're going to be shooting projection light out of his hands, which will also obviously be where the lasers uh, come into play with the show. Um, I think it's great they're doing it. Uh, not enough nighttime stuff, and, and also it, it kind of breaks the cues up a little bit, because people will, you know, probably go one night to see one show, one night to see a different show, um, which can only help with with uh, guest capacity and giving people a better experience. The only problem with this is it starts on the 28th of January. So as this episode goes live a few days away, but it's only going to run until the 8th of May. So uh, this is not going to be... Uh, a long-running thing. I'm guessing that's to do with park hours and also the fact that uh, for them to be able to do it effectively, they'd have to open the park later because of it uh, being too light to do the show. Um, so it's a shame. Um, but, yeah, there we are. I'm very excited to see it. The drones really impressed me on that press night. They really impressed me when I saw the 30th anniversary pre-show uh, in front of uh, the the fireworks at the park closure in Magic in Disneyland Park. So, yeah, I think drones are the future, and I think this looks like a great show. I can't wait 
uh, to see it, even if it's only on YouTube. Um, also, and it's like, I think, I'm, I'm sure we must have talked about this when it was first announced, but there's not been a lot of talk about it. Um, we're getting a new show in the studios. We're getting uh, We Belong Together, a new Pixar stage show, which is going to be in studio theatre. So that's where Cinemagique used to be. Uh, it was recently used for a Christmas-themed show. They've not really used that space since the... Uh, I can't remember what the Marvel show was called now, but the Marvel stage show was in there during the uh, the Marvel season. Uh, the beginning of... Uh, well, springtime, really, wasn't it? It was after Star Wars. Um, but after they got rid of the Marvel season now that... Um, the uh, the hotel was open and Avenger Campus was open, so this looks like a more permanent show. I'm when I say permanent, I think it's probably going to be like Mickey the Magician, where there'll be some downtime, probably in the beginning of the uh, the year, for them to make improvements, uh, just just give cast members a break. Um, but I think this will be fairly fairly permanent. Um, there's there's not much we know. It was announced at D23 last year, and all we've got so far is a bit of concept artwork, which has uh, a stage full of Doors and Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. Obviously, that in itself isn't much of a surprise because, you know, Monsters, Inc. is a big Pixar uh, property. So that is good. I just wish I knew more. Um, I did say there was some more stuff about Avengers Campus, would you believe it? Yes, it is Patreon time. What is Patreon time? I hear you ask. Well, Patreon is an online platform which allows you to support your favourite content creators and interact with them if you so wish. In return for your support, you get access to exclusive content that is not available anywhere else and you also get early access to all our podcast episodes. So what are you waiting for? Why would you not want to be a Patreon? I don't know. To me, it's excellent value for money. Um, I would say that, of course, because, you know, I'm trying to sell this to you. But honestly, we've got years of content that's exclusively available. It makes a perfect Christmas gift, or if you're listening to this after Christmas, a perfect gift for someone you know. So we'd like to use this time to not only talk about Patreon, but also shout out to those people that help support the podcast that you are listening to. So, here we go. We've got Tim and Ryan, Joseph, Haley, Lee, Chris, Mel, Daniel, Paul, Sandy, Crystal, Nikki, Dan, Kevin, Dave, Tom, David, Elliot, Breaking Dad, Rob, Todd, Jane and Steve, and Stephen. Thank you to all of our patrons. It really means so much to have your support. And if you now want to join the Patreon and hear your name in a future advert, then you just need to join up to our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com 
forward slash that podcast and you can find us there and sign up so what are you waiting for and so just a little bit of news and that is that at the beginning of well so beginning of the 9th of january um they removed some of the live entertainment from avengers campus so at the moment the amazing spider-man warriors of wakanda uh, avengers unite and the guns of the galaxy awesome dance-off are not in operation that's pretty much all the live entertainment you get um in in the studios park uh in in that regard so the spider-man show was above the the web building uh warriors of wakanda and guns of the galaxy were normally around uh avengers flight force uh avengers Unite, i think that might have also been on the rooftops as well actually if it's a show i'm thinking of um they're still meeting greets going on in avengers campus and characters are still making unscheduled appearances so you've got a uh, a building next to where uh, you know previously um armageddon part of that building that's not being used by web um is is a indoor meet and greet area where you have to get a a slot to meet characters but there's also characters that do make appearances during the day um as well so that's still happening but the the kind of shows that they they normally have aren't being done at the moment. I'm assuming it's because it's quiet season. When I say quiet season, quieter season because the parts are still busy. Uh, but traditionally, January, February, very uh, much quieter periods post Christmas than they were beforehand. Um, so, yeah. They've, they've they've removed these mickey the magician also down at the moment that is always down in january same reason um well attendance but also give the cars a break and gives them time to work on the show repair things uh just make the whole experience better really so yeah something to be aware of and i, and I think something to be aware of when people are thinking about when to go january january traditionally was cheaper was always cheaper to go to uh, Disneyland Paris but you're it's the things that you miss out on that time is usually used for ride refurbishments for example um, hyperspace mountain was down for about a week maybe five days for some repair work um, the canal boats at the moment is down for similar reasons so there's normally a few rides that are closed in January because of using that slightly quieter time to do the repair work. Um, and that's another thing, you know, losing out on this kind of live entertainment is something else. So January is a good time to go. It's also been very cold. I have seen from people that have been there recently, they've been talking about how bitter and cold it is. So if you're going to go during a winter season make sure you pack the appropriate clothes um, so that you can at least give yourself a fighting chance because there's nothing like being in a cold and miserable park and, my God, me and Craig can attest to that and we were prepared. Um, but it has been very cold out there of late, so 
Um, that's the downfall we're going in, in like January, February, but it's also often a fair bit cheaper. So you've got to weigh up what you want to get out of the park, what you think you're going to get out of the park, and if it's if it's worthwhile doing it or waiting for it to get a bit more spring-like, I guess. Right. Um, Disney Village. Let's do a bit of Disney Village news. I'm I'm going to be ping-ponging. It's how my brain works. I'm sorry. Um, we've just seen the uh, closure, both at the same time, actually, of uh, King Ludwig's and Planet Hollywood. We knew both were coming. We talked about both on the last show. Uh, King Ludwig's is uh, ramping up it's, it's changeover now to the British pub, which is due to be open in February. So that's going to be a very tight turnaround. They're going to have just over a month to get that done. Um, we don't have an opening date for that. It just says February. So it could be the 28th of February for all we know. Um, but but work starts on that. Planet Hollywood, they're already taking it apart. The signs are down. Uh, they're starting to do work on the stairs and everything. It's going. We knew it was going anyway, but what I mean is that they've not wasted any time in doing it. Uh, something that they've been definitely been guilty of uh, in the past. Uh, and also, Cafe Mickey um, work has finally started on turning that into uh, Rosalie, which is the new uh, dining concept that was announced quite a while ago now uh, to be replacing Cafe Mickey. I don't understand why they've wasted all this time to to start the work. Um, that's what's confused me. Cafe Mickey never reopened after the pandemic. So it's been empty all that time and they just haven't done the work. So I don't get it, but it's being done now. At the same time, they're doing the same to Planet Hollywood and they're doing the same to King Ludwig. So fair enough. Um... Also, they have announced at the end of January that Disney Fashion Junior is finally closing. I say finally closing, that's, that's bad. Uh, what I mean is, it just doesn't seem to have really been a shop for quite a while. So, once upon a time, it was a shop that you could go and buy uh, normally costumes for kids. So, uh, princess dresses, for example, or... Just, just clothes aimed at kids. That would be what that shop sold. But it hasn't done that for quite a while. And when we went in there just before Christmas, what I did, they were doing some, I think it was decorating Christmas decorations. That's, was that what it was? It was decorating something. There was like an area that basically arts and crafts. You could pay to, to you know, design or paint something in there. It just didn't make any sense. The whole the, the whole shop just lost its identity a long time ago and has just been floundering. So it's no surprise that um, that it's going. But it does that said, it does seem to come a little bit out of the blue. So that uh, is fairly interesting. I'm just excited to see what they do next. Oh, let's go back to the parts because I forgot something. Um, as part of the the end of the final, uh, the, the end of the 30th uh, birthday celebrations, they did confirm It's a Small World will be opening up in the spring. That is as much detail as they gave people, spring 2023. That's it. That's all I've got for you. I'm sorry. Don't blame me. 
I'm not a mess. I'm just a messenger. I'm not. I'm not creating the messages. Okay. Um. Shall we talk? Shall we talk about breakfast? Let's talk about breakfast. Some new options. Which again, one came out of nowhere. One I'm not so surprised about, but I'm glad to see it. So, let's talk about the one that's not much of a, a surprise, I guess. Um, and that's that um, Auberge de Cinderillon is going to be doing breakfast um, again, princess breakfast um, in the spring. We don't know when yet, um, but this is something that hadn't come back after the pandemic. Um, they still do it for uh, other sittings during the day, but they had stopped doing breakfast. And the breakfast was reasonable more reasonable than the lunch i mean i won't pretend it was it was cheap because everything there is expensive i want to say the breakfast was about 55 or 60 euros for an adult and about 45 for kids it was something like that we haven't got prices for what it's going to be when it um they do bring it back but i would expect to pay somewhere within the region of that but to compare that to like lunch for example it's about 95 euros for an adult so the breakfast is fairly limited it's a kind of set menu breakfast but you can get things like pastries you can get teas coffees uh, fruit juices i think there might have been some cereal available as well um there was no vegetarian option when I went, um, I think at that time, I think I was the only one who was a vegetarian. I don't think my wife, my wife, or daughter, uh, were at that time. It seems so far, so far away now. Um, it was only 2019. Um, but yeah, I remember I struggled with the breakfast because, you know, it was like meat sausages and, uh, some salmon I can't remember there was definitely a croissant involved and a bread roll but uh, yeah and I, and I said like you know I, I, I don't eat meat and they were like eh and just served it to me anyway so <laughs> I passed this as a joke you know I'm I'm not like that you know if, if someone puts meat on my plate I just won't eat it I'll eat around it if I if I really have to uh, but I just gave the sausages to my daughter um, because I you know it is how it is. But uh yeah, something to bear in mind is that certainly before the pandemic vegetarian selection was pretty poor. That said, throughout the park it has got so much better. Nearly everywhere has at least one, if not multiple, vegetarian and vegan options. So I am hoping that that has been uh rectified. But if you want to do a princess dining experience with your own little princess or prince then i think this is a good option compared to the the lunch where there is a bit more variety in the the the, the food that you can have but it's both for both breakfast and for lunch dinner the food is of a certain uh style which doesn't uh doesn't appeal to everyone. Basically, if you're fussy, you're gonna you'll be a bit screwed. So this is a good option uh, if you want to do it and 
don't mind doing it first thing in the morning, but also uh, it being a bit cheaper. But the one which was a big surprise, because this really did come out of nowhere, uh, was Casey's Corner are now doing breakfast. I don't think I've ever seen it open for breakfast in all the years I've been there. But it it, it is now. Um, and there's a few options. So there's, there's two menus, which is where you get... Uh, a main item and and drinks. So uh, the first one at seven euros is a croissant or pain au chocolat with uh, minute made orange or apple juice and American coffee, coffee with milk, hot chocolate or tea. Now it looks like you get juice and a hot drink, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes you like a bit of both, right? Um, so yes, that's that's one of the options. Um, you've also got a sub roll with a hot dog or a vegetarian hot dog that also comes with Minute made Orange or Apple and a hot drink that's 11 euros. Um, so that's just started. Um, there's also, just look at the menu, a sub roll with onions and salsa and egg. Looks like as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it says that the, the sausage... It doesn't say vegan. It says it says vegetarian, and it, there's no vegan icon on the uh, on the menu. So I'm not sure why. Um, but so it's not a vegan option for breakfast, but it's a vegetarian one. Although it'd be well, it'd cost some would be butter, won't it? So yeah. But anyway, uh, interesting that they're doing breakfast, and interesting they've gone with a hot dog. <laughs> I, I suppose stick to what you know. Right. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, I, I mentioned it earlier. Disney 100 um, has, has kicked off beginning of the year. For those that have seen um, Strange World, then you would have seen a new a Disney castle opening to that film, which has been made to celebrate the Disney 100. And very good it is too i think it was lucas arts lucas film or industrial light and magic i guess really uh that put that together but it's, it's very nice and I, I i remember seeing it at the cinema and being very impressed i wasn't expecting to see it but that was good so you can check it out on disney plus if you haven't already but uh what would a anniversary be without a load of merchandise um and the parks are not much of an exception, but they are still, because it's still still not a great deal. But of course, uh, it wouldn't be a big celebration without a special uh, spirit jersey. So we've got one of those. This is, um, I'm looking at it now and how best to describe it. It's it's pastel-y. Um, there's, it, it, I guess it's, it's a white spirit jersey that's got patch... Splashes of blues, purples, oranges, yellows. Um, 
almost like a ombre, I guess, style. It looks like, or, or maybe like splashes of color. I don't know. It's multicolored. Um, and there's also what looks to be fireworks. Looks more like snowflakes. I'll be honest, but I think they're supposed to be fireworks. Um, and then the back has the the usual uh, Disneyland Paris uh, spirit jersey style back with the name in big letters. But the bottom has uh, Minnie, Mickey, Goofy, Pluto, Donald and Daisy in black and white outfits. So, yeah. I think Tinkerbell. Is that Tinkerbell? Oh, Tinkerbell as well. Oh, the castle. Yeah, so, okay. So, it was fireworks. I was right. <laughs> so, that's all on the back. Um, it's it's cute. It's, it's not a spirit jersey I think I would be buying myself. But it's nice. You know, people like that. Um, in terms of new merchandise in the past, though, you've got a new silver lounge fly. Uh, you've got some uh, mini ears or Mickey, you know, the, the headband version rather than the hat. Uh, pins, mugs, hoodies. Was that a hoodie or a, it's a zip up zip up jumper um, as well? Uh, but there are tees I've seen elsewhere. So. The usual kind of stuff, uh, plushies in silver and kind of blue seems to be the colour for the hundredth. Um, mugs, jackets, yeah. The usual kind of stuff you expect for these things. Uh, nothing that's really sticking out, but you know, if that's what you like, that's what you like. Uh, there's also a mini. Uh, Paris range, which is just about to, it's in soft launch at the moment, will be launching towards the end of the month. Lots of polka dot stuff. As is the norm with the Paris mini collection. If this isn't the first one, they, they seem to do it yearly now. Good to see them do it. Probably won't buy a single thing. Certainly not for myself, anyway. Um, just a few more bits of news. So, uh, recently, some of the Gardens of Wonder mobiles had been taken away from uh, Central Plaza. I spent quite a lot of time filming and taking pictures of these when I was there uh, before Christmas. I like them. I, I think they're really nice. Um, I didn't think I'd like them as much as I did, but I did really uh, enjoy them. Most of them. Some of them were a little bit off, but not, but but most of them nailed it. I, I thought they were good. So, you know, because of the weather in in, in France, a bit harsh on these things. So, uh, they've been taken away, cleaned up, touched up a little bit, and put back on display. So they are now. They're not all there. They, they've taken them out in phases. So, um, yeah. I can't tell you which ones are still out at the moment, which ones have disappeared, but they'll they'll be back soon enough. Within the next few weeks, they've all been cleaned and spruced and put back. So that's good. And make sure you look at it if you uh, if you go to the, the parks. Just a couple more things that I've got for you this month. Uh, we've got 
some or I've seen some construction updates of um the new ice cream area being themed to Luca, which was formerly Fantasia Gelate. Um if you don't know where that is, it was next to Bellanorte. So if you were walking to Fantasyland from Main Street, walking past Discoveryland, it was just there as you were getting into Fantasyland. To your left. So that's where it is. That's where Bellanorte still is. Um, but yeah, I, st- I still don't really understand why we're getting a, a Luca ice cream place. Uh, I mean, obviously, gelato, Italian, I get that, but nice it's a different ip but still confused by it um and then finally uh sound like trevor mcdonald that's a reference that only 20 percent of the audience will get um there was an incident at pim kitchen so well yeah no there was an incident at pim kitchen so uh just recently uh stark factory the, uh, the the Stark Eatery in Avengers Campus had an issue with its doors, which they had to go and work on for a few days. That's now fine. But uh, one of the glass doors at Pim Kitchen, I guess, exploded. And it wasn't there anymore, that's for sure. It shattered. Um, but I'd, I'm assuming it exploded rather than a guest was angry. You know, maybe Bruce Banner wanted to go in and they said, oh, sorry, sir, we're closed. And, you know, he got the green mist and he started smashing the place up. I don't think that's what happened. I think it just was uh, an issue with the glass. But either way, uh, that happened. And, uh, yeah, they've had to uh, repair that, which is uh, a shame. But it is what it is. Um, there's also been some very minor changes to the pizza at Start Factory. Uh, I was looking earlier at some photos, and I, I can't remember. I mean, they were so minuscule, it was uh, slightly slightly modified pizza toppings. That was about it. Some had extra veg, some had less veg probably about the size of it um but uh yeah still i mean avengers campus has not not even been open a year yet and for that to happen is not great issues with uh with two sets of doors on two different restaurants so something they're gonna have to keep an eye on i think unfortunately but there you go um so that's it that is this month in in disneyland paris news it's going to be a more regular show next month. There will be, um, well, I was going to promise you an eat it, but I don't think we'll have time with a guest on as well to do an eat it. But we will be bringing eat it back. It's a segment we do on our Universal and uh, Disney World shows. If you've never heard them, why not go and download some of them after you've listened to this podcast? Um, but we will be doing uh, some more of that this year on this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get everything sorted out with our guest and you can hear about driving because I think it's interesting. I think if 
you are and I mean I'm on I'm on Facebook groups and they talk about this stuff all the time. What's the cheapest way of getting there? What's the quickest way of getting there? What's the best way of getting there? And everybody's got their two pennies worth, right? You know, for some people it's flying. They live near an airport. They like to fly. It's a short journey. It's easy to get to from a tra- by a train or or you know by an Uber or a transfer. Other people like to get the Eurostar. Like to do that. Um, other people like to drive, and you know I think there's lots of reasons as to why people favour one method over others. And you know, for somebody like Craig um, or P Dubs, um, you know, for them to drive all the way to Disneyland Paris, if they're just doing it in one hit, it's quite a way to go because they've got to do a lot of driving this side of uh, the channel, the channel, <laughs> the channel, um, and then you know, another three and a half hours when they get off the other end. Um, but some people like to do that. Some people, you know, drive down near to uh, the terminal stay overnight in a hotel and then you know drive the next day you know there's various reasons but we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that method we're going to talk about uh you know prices give you an idea of what it will cost you to to do so there's lots of things to you know think about as well petrol if you've got an electric car i've got an electric car this you know you got to plan this stuff now if you've got like limited mileage to do it. Uh, petrol prices going up. You've got toll roads. You need to know how to pay the toll. Uh, French law means that you've got to have certain things with you you wouldn't have in a car in Britain necessarily. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, hopefully that will help give you an idea of what it's like to drive um, and whether that's an option that you might want to consider in the future. Um, according to Darren, it is the absolute best way to go but we're hoping to have craig on he'll have a you know he'll he'll talk about trains um i'm sure uh so that's that's what we've got lined up in february anyway so that's it i hope listening to just me whistle on for almost an hour hasn't been too painful i know i talk a lot on the other podcasts but it's a bit different when you're on your own you know, I do a solo podcast by myself. It gets listened to by about 20 people. It's designed to be listened to by about 20 people. It is what it is. This is a different kettle of fish. So I hope I've been able to make this entertaining for you. Um, if not, I'm sorry. But hopefully we'll be back to full strength next month. Hopefully p will be around. Hopefully Craig will be around. And I guess I'll also be around as well. But uh, thank you for listening. As always, we want to hear from you. The Facebook group, email us, message us on Patreon, and uh, we will see you in February. Thank you.
podcast is a That Production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Now, no one's going to listen to this. So I'm literally just recording it because it was just under an hour and I, I couldn't have that. So I'm going to try and finish this as close to an hour as possible and it's now.